Welcome to the Melrose Place Podcast, where we rewatch, recap, and analyze every single episode of the hit 90s TV series Melrose Place. I'm Jenny Hill. I'm Dan Hill. Let's get started. Episode 9, Amanda Unplugged, air date October 30th, 1995. Sorry if I sound a little weird, I'm kind of sick. That's okay, we'll make it through. We'll get through it. This episode was fun. A lot happened. A whole lot happened. So we start out with Amanda, of all people, at Jack's bedside. He's intubated. He's unconscious. He's in a coma. After uh, last episode, we left him with all the doctors rushing to his bedside. He starts flatlining, but they get him back. So he's in dire straits now, and the grieving estranged wife, Amanda is the one that's being the moral support. Well, it's interesting what they're doing here because even in the last episode, you're not 100% sure whether or not she's concerned for his that he's alive or living or concerned because he's almost dead. Dan, I think I think it's very clear that she's concerned that he's still living and she wants him to die immediately. Well, af- after what she says to him well, once... Once Biggie leaves. <laughs> what? What's a nurse? Dan! <laughs> that is very rude of you. I'm sorry. That nurse had a very sunny disposition. And yes, she may be a couple LBs over. I'm a couple LBs over. A, Do you call me Biggie behind my a back? A couple. A couple. And the nurse says miracles can happen. And that she's sure that Jack can hear her if she talks. So this gives Amanda the courage that she needs to go over to Jack's ear and whisper that she wants him to die. She, oh, well, and first. she's like, hey, what's up, Jack? <laughs> Remember that time I was getting ready in the closet and you kicked my ass? Because you were like, hey, well, get Well, at first she's like, Jack, I fucking hate you. I'm thinking of very special times we shared, like the time... Uh, you told me to wear a certain color dress and I wore the wrong color and then you broke my hand. Remember when you were like, yo, get upstairs, bring me a Mountain Dew and I brought you a Pepsi and then you threw me down the steps. <laughs> it's stuff like that. And then she was like, <laughs> I hope you die, you bastard. You son of a bitch. Now, I got a question. What up? Even though, I all right, I give him a pass because she's like, married to him mm-hmm. technically but isn't there still visiting hours you can't just be in there 24 i don't right? know but and dan here's my question and does she work anymore here's that's <laughs> you know that's a great thing to bring up too 
And remember, like we talked about this, he's a well-connected guy with lots of like powerful friends and family. Yeah. The only person we've seen is the lawyer. Where's his family? Where, Where are his friends? He's literally on his deathbed. Where's his boy with the sandwich? I know. His camp knows that he's in the hospital, hey. but the only person holding vigil for him is Amanda. Hey, wake How? up, Mr. Parisi. <laughs> I got a sandwich for you. <laughs> Pastrami on rye? <laughs> like, it does not make sense. It, it really doesn't. It, it really, really doesn't. He's got like a tube taped to his face. But uh, we leave this scene now knowing where Amanda's heart lies. I think we knew before, but I for people know. like Dan, it really cements it. Then the opening credits and then like the establishing shots are so shaky cam. It's like Blair Witch Project <laughs> shaky cam. Well, because they back then they didn't have drones. They were in actual like helicopters. And then they have this other like uh heavy set gentleman on a <laughs> motorcycle. What is up with you and fat shaming lately? <laughs> that's what that's I mean, that's what they showed. That's what they showed. But then they shoot they get a shot of Melrose place. Which is dirty as shit already. You know, for a place that just recently got rebuilt and renovated, it looks like crap. It's so gross. It like wow, how did they get that? They've, they've learned water stained dirt <laughs> look that's been corroded over twenty five years. Look just for being renovated. It's like a fresh start. It's like getting gastric bypass and then just eating a whole bunch of food again. <laughs> just going to Mickey D's. <laughs> That's what they've done. They they got a brand new Melrose. Amanda's got French Quarter doors, and the place is still terrible. foot traffic. It looks awful. Dead plants. Now, we go to Brooke and Billy's place, and Brooke is languishing in the bed saying, Oh, Billy, help me. I have something in my eye. Billy's a dumbass and doesn't get the hint. He's like, I'll keep blinking. It'll work its way out. <laughs> Brooke looks so hot right now. Smoking. So Billy gets on the bed to try to help Brooke get this foreign object out of her eye. And then Brooke's like, oh, just kidding. I want to make out with you. <laughs> and so they start kind of wrestling around in bed. And then he's like, oh, Brooke, I have to go to work. Uh, are you planning on going in today? And she's like, yeah. Then when, What time do they start <laughs> work? Like the sun is shining so bright. In their apartment. You know, it's funny because you, I always, I, I don't know where I heard this recently. I, maybe it was like a BuzzFeed article, but like, how do people in TV shows have so much time before school and work where they're like, let's go for a breakfast meeting? Yeah. Like around life, our it's house, like, it's like, Whoa! holy shit, I have 11 minutes to take a shower, <laughs> eat breakfast, and leave the house. And then you forget stuff. No, yeah, they're having meetings, they're having luncheons. Now, Billy discovers Brooke's diaphragm case, but the diaphragm's inside, and it's intimated that they got intimate the night before. So he's like, um, Brooke, uh, why is your diaphragm here in your diaphragm case? And she's like, what'd you expect? A, a hairdryer? A toaster? A toaster? <laughs> and he's like, I expected it to be used. And she's like, well, why would I use that? If I'm trying to have your baby. <laughs> <laughs> wee, wee, wee. 
<laughs> okay, this is something that I feel like as a newlywed couple, you should probably talk about before you start, you know, really going for it. <laughs> yeah, and Billy is way too calm, even at the beginning. Like, if you said this shit to me, I would immediately be like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> he's like, well, I'm, I'm sorry. Can you say that to me again? No, please? he's like, how could you do this to me and not tell me? Well, I want to have your baby, silly. Is that a crime? And he's like, um, yeah. he goes into this whole speech about, Brooke, you're a manipulator. You're mean, you're manipulating me and you do it to everyone else. It's just like you're breathing she's and running, I'm getting sick of it. She's running a trap game on him. That is not cool at all in any situation. You, you need to like come to grips and agree to like make kids. To bring a life into this world. Yeah, that's the come on, man. And I mean, I gotta come clean here. Why? I have no idea how a diaphragm works. What? I kind of don't either. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like cling wrap that goes like up around. Like it's kind of like the head of like a, a condom, condom that like goes on your cervix. What? To prevent sperm from getting in. I think I've seen one. I don't but think like, I've ever seen one. Really? <laughs> like in maybe like in person, no. But but can our nurse fan please? <laughs> we need you again. We need you again. If you have a demonstration on how to insert a diaphragm, that would be very useful. Uh, yeah, it definitely goes in the Yeah, it goes the in woman. there. It goes in there. In the woman. And- <laughs> And what, it just hovers there? It, like, stays there. It's like a cap, I think, that goes on, like, the opening to the cervix. But how do you get it out? Baby, you just... It looks like a nipple. You go up there with your hands. You got to get up close and personal. It looks like a... It looks like a larger version. Remember those things you get in the 25-cent, like, gift? Thing at the the things store. that pop up, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking you, about. Like, fold it out and then and put it, it like, on its back, it's and it'll like, like shoot up in the air. Yep, yeah, it looks like that. Oh, I see. I've googled images. I know what this does. Okay, we're All learning right. here. Learning with you. Look at that. Thanks for that. It seems that seems messy. Okay. Well, <laughs> next scene, we go over to Matt. Paying a visit to Mancini and Burns Doctors at Law. At the Mid-Wilshire Professional Building. Um, He needs to get a letter of recommendation. Signed. And the only doctor that will sign it is Michael. That's it. That's the only doctor he knows. So he's there to get this signed. And um, I I didn't know how this is how they were going to weave this in, but apparently Wilshire Memorial has a uh, a program, I guess, for med students that you can do when you're only two years in. Right. So that'll keep him at at Wilshire Memorial while he's in school for the next four to six years. So begrudgingly, Michael gives the signature and then Peter comes in and he's like, no, I need to talk to Sydney and Michael alone. So Matt, could you please excuse us? So Matt leaves and this is when Peter 
confronts Sydney and Michael about hiring fake Henry to torment Sydney. They're like, this is totally unprofessional. And then they're like, whoa, 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 doctor. You fucked Kimberly. And now you have group sessions with her at your house. <laughs> All right, you crazy piece of shit. No. You also gave Amanda appendicitis <laughs> and tried to murder her at work. All right, pal? You Can- got no room to talk. Conveniently, um, this is when Kimberly decides to pay a visit to Peter. Now she comes in, she's happy as can be. She sees Sydney and Michael, who are her were her arch enemies, and I, she comes bearing a bouquet of flowers for them. I loved I love how spooked they are always when Kimberly shows up. Anywhere. Both of them are like they cringe and like, quiver. Oh They're like, oh, what the hell is she doing here? <laughs> like, they are always so scared. And then Sydney always has a jab. She's like, Well, it's close to Halloween. There's all kinds of <laughs> goblins and monsters out. She always calls her like a nutbag or a mutant <laughs> or like great. a freak. It's great. So Kimberly comes and she's brought this bouquet, especially for Sydney and Michael, because if they had not hired fake Henry to basically scare her silly, she would still think that she's crazy. And now she's come to terms with the fact that she's not, and she's ready to move on and she has them to thank for it. And of course they're like, God damn it. Our plan didn't work. And okay, Dan, let's talk a minute about Sydney's look here. I don't know. She's she's a nineties moment. They're progressively making her. I don't like. At first, it was cute. Okay, the first couple of eps of season four, I was digging it. She had that like mod sixty girl kind of vibe going on. Yeah. Now I don't know what is up with her. She looks almost anorexic. She's very very skinny, and I think they just keep like. Making her hair bigger. They just volume her hair up. And that just makes it, like, in comparison to her body, she just doesn't look well. I think they miss doing all that hair stuff with Allison, so they've moved So they're like, okay, how we need to put so much volume in Sydney's hair. And then her makeup. It is a lot. I think she's still beautiful, though. Oh, don't get me wrong. I mean, I think that she's a gorgeous girl, but... I mean, she's no nurse at the hospital or anything, but... Oh, what did you call her? Biggie? You <laughs> <laughs> mean, you mean person. Um, I just kind of feel like... I it's don't know. Weird. I'm it's not weird. digging it. It's not that kid's sister, like, gee, shucks. That's kind of how I, I have grown yeah. to love Sydney. They're going for, like, an executive look, but she's not. They should put her back in, like... She looks like a washed-up old starlet. I like her in oversized blossom hat and jean jacket. Yeah, that's, that's what I like. And, like, light brown or, lipstick. Or whore. Or prostitute. Like... <laughs> Okay. You know, like black yeah. dress, see through, furry. I get what you're. Yeah. Pasties. <laughs> furry pasties. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, next up, we're back at Wilshire Memorial, and Amanda is still just hovering around Jack as he's laying in his hospital bed. Ugh. And then Jack's gross lawyer shows up. And scares a man. <laughs> we were talking about this. There's something about this lawyer that looks like to me like amphibian like. 
can't even explain it. He he looks like the Joker with no makeup. <laughs> he looks like the real version of like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like he seriously looks like Michelangelo. He is a half reptile. It's really weird. I don't. I think it's the proximity it's of his nose to his eyes. He might have had a hair lip at some point. <laughs> I think you know what. I think he it, did, it and that's really hair. messed God, up of us. This is a terrible. Yep. Episode. <laughs> this is start over. We've really offended everyone. <laughs> like everyone listening. If you are overweight and have a hair lip, we're sorry. This is not the episode for you. Okay, let's just quit while we're ahead. Anyway, he comes in and he's like, oh, hi, Amanda. I know that you're a grieving widow and everything, but I need you to sign these papers. And, so th- and it's so that she won't inherit his millions. And to indemnify Jack in the event that he does make it through, that anything that any claims that she's said that he was an abuser before basically are null and void. And why the hell would she send that sign that? Yeah. Like why? So the lawyer basically infers that Amanda has a motive for murder. And if she doesn't sign the papers, he may use that against her. Oh damn. Now we head over to D and D. Billy, he comes to work. And Allison is there and asks Billy what he thinks about a dress that she wants to wear for his father-in-law. Why would you ever even like to go to an ex at all to be like, do you like this dress? I'm going to wear it on a date with this other guy I'm seeing. But it's, but it's way more than that. There's so many more layers to this. <laughs> One, they're at work. So another Weird. reason not to bring this up. Like, you're at work, he just got to work, and the first thing you're talking about is what you're going to wear on a date? Oh, hey, Billy, what's up? Then, it's his father-in-law. This is disgusting. (laughs) Very weird. So he's picking out, like, what his ex is going to look sexier in for his father-in-law? That is so twisted. No, he's in a bad mood because you will remember that Brooke sprung this baby making. Because his wife's trying to run a trap game on him. (laughs) Jesus. And so Allison picks up on it and she's like, are you okay? And he says, yeah, everything's fine. Me and Brooke just had a fight this morning. And she's like, (laughs) oh, want to talk about it? And he's like, no. Wasn't that very motherly of her? What's wrong, son? Would you, would, you, would you like to talk? And then he's like, I'll send you a memo about it. Yeah, send you a memo, mom. Shut up. So that's where they leave that. We cut over to Hart Mancini Designs. Jane comes into Richard's office. And Richard is like, well, we need to go to Hawaii. No, she, Jane says it. Jane's oh, like, Jane well, it. Richard, it's all set. We're going to Hawaii to get some inspiration for the summer line. And he's like, oh, great. Is this your whole little plan to try to love me again? I can't even do that. Like, so, good. so you can learn how to love me? <laughs> And she's like, no, it's not like that. It's a time that we're going to do some shoots. We're going to be together and make sure that everything's like peachy. So then he says, oh, great. Um, Joe should come if there's going to be photography. Oh, 
Oh, no. We'll hire a photographer when we get there. No need to take Joe along. Yeah, Jane is immediately put off to, to Joe coming. And then Richard's like, no, no, no. I'll call her in right now. We'll see what's going on. She's like, Joe's busy. She can't come. There's no possible way that this will happen. And then Richard's like, hey, Joe, you want to go to Hawaii? What are you up to? And she's like, oh, nothing. And not, he's like, not doing great. Anything. Then it's settled. We're all going to Hawaii this week. Yeah. And Jane is furious. So we head on over to Shooters. Jake sees Shelly doing the books. And he's like, hey, my bankrupt yet? <laughs> and she's like, well, you're not bankrupt. I kind of see it as financially challenged. Now, that's when Joe comes in and he's like, whoa, Joe, I've never known you to be early for a date. And that's when she lays the news on him that she's actually going to have to cancel their date. Yeah. Because she's going to Hawaii. Not tonight, not tomorrow, but she's got a lot to do and she has to buy a bathing suit. Oh, it's, that's tonight? They're like, not, she's leaving for Hawaii tonight? No. Oh, to, the next not day. Not tonight. No, I don't even think it's the next day. I think it's like the following day. Uh, she really isn't taking time for him. She's got a work thing that popped up. Yeah, but it's like you can you still got to eat. Just go out to dinner. But Jake tries to guilt her into staying because he's like, well, we have a date. You have to go to Hawaii, but we have this date. I'm sorry. I don't care who you are, but. Hawaii date. <laughs> Hawaii date. Well, yeah, I mean, I get that, but we're taking Hawaii. So she's like, you. He's trying to guilt her, like you said. He's like, you had a commitment to me, and she's like, gosh, Jake, grow up. She storms out of shooters, and then Shelly <laughs> tries to like. Shelly's standing there, biting her lip, like very like, weird, thirsting for Jake, and she's like. All right, let me dance your troubles away. Get over here. I'll dance your troubles away. And they get on the dance floor at Shooters, and one of Dan's favorite songs is playing. Is it Take Me to That Everlasting Love? Is that the one? No, I think it's a different one, babe. Oh, I don't know it. This is like a slow dance and, and they're like getting all cozy. Do you, how does this look for as a patron of shooters if no one's dancing and then all of a sudden the owner slash bartender is dancing with the bookkeeper and that's it? At Shooters. And she's a server, too. I'd be like, what is happening <laughs> to my bar? No, I'd be like, they're in love, obviously. And she's like, well, Jake, how are you going to get more more guests here, like more patrons at the bar? And then another couple starts dancing behind them that look even crazier. And then Jake is like, well, just think about it. If a third couple joins us, three's the crowd, which I was really racking my brain to be like, how the hell does that make any sense with what you're talking about? Like getting more people in the bar. And then that is a light bulb for Shelly. And she's like, Jake, you're a genius. What we're going to do, we're going to have a dance night here at Shooters. We're going to charge a cover at the door, get a DJ, get some cash flow. It's going to solve all of our issues. We're going to be millionaires. And yeah. Now let's head over to Haley's house. Allison and Haley are like talking business as they normally do. 
And then Allison, like, they sit down to, like, not eat, but eat. And (laughs) Allison asks about uh, Brooke's mom, if, like, she had a career. And this is, like, immediately a sore spot for Haley. He, he, he shows it on his face by, like, not really answering. But you know what? Okay, I think early on in a relationship, now she's living with him, okay? Yeah. Like, you, you're curious about that person's past. Yeah, like, Especially, well, like, we don't, as an audience, even know what the hell happened to Brooke's mom. Is she dead? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's never been talked about. And if you're living with someone, this is information that I think you usually go over before you're at this stage in the relationship. So for Not him, up in Melrose Place. He like looks at her like he's so caught off guard. Luckily, there's the sound of a doorbell. Allison gets up to get it and he's like, Allison, why would you give the doorbell? Charles will get it. Charles gets the door. Are you some kind of peasant? And she's like, oh, I gave Charles the night off tonight in addition to the kitchen staff. She's like, I'll be serving dinner tonight. She smartly opens the door and it's a pizza delivery man who gives her a big cheese pizza and she... Big? Like... Oh, sorry. In Dan's terms, um, that's a medium. Guys, I frequent the round by every now and then. I enjoy slices of from time to time. And this is by far the shittiest pizza that I have ever seen in my entire life. What? It looks like a personal pan pizza, like the ones you would get from Pizza Hut. When, oh, when, I know a personal pan when I see one, Dan. From like the Book It program. The '90s oh, moment book. I, I used to work. I used to work at Pizza Hut when I was in high school. Okay, this could not feed half of me. Who's the biggie now? <laughs> What's up, biggie? Okay, so anyway, he is like Haley's, like very impressed by this. Like, oh my gosh, she knows how to order pizza herself. Wow. Got myself what? a winner. She's a go getter. So he's like, why don't you head on over to the wine cellar and get us some wine? And then he like does this double take and he's like, oh, forgot you don't drink. I'm yeah. um, <laughs> sorry. Forgot you were a raging alcoholic. And she's like, no, it's okay. You can still drink. I'll go get it. And then the phone rings. So Haley goes and answers the phone. And then Allison starts making her way down just a hallway filled with doors. She starts walking around like she's never, ever been there before. And first door is a closet. Second door is locked. Third door, she goes to try it. And Haley comes around the corner and he starts screaming at her like she's a redheaded stepchild. He scared the shit out of me. He's like, what are you doing? You do not go in that room. Do you understand me? Don't ever go in that room. It's private. Is that understood? And Allison is scared out of her mind. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't you be? He's yelling at you like you're like you're a baby. I bet she had flashbacks of that doll with the bleeding eyes. <laughs> Fucking dad yelling at her. Ugh. Ugh. Scary. Yeah. So we go to Wilshire Memorial now. Where Sydney shows up. And she just waltzes in like normal, like an average day at uh, Wilshire Memorial. And she just picks up 
flowers that are meant for some other room. Yeah, off of a cart. I think that they're delivering flowers to rooms and she just goes up to the reception desk and she's like, oh, hi, I'm here to see Jack Parisi. I'm his niece. Just so happens that that's the same moment that the lawyer comes up to the reception desk and overhears this. A.K.A. makeupless Joker. <laughs> and he's like, um, I know you're not his niece. And then she's like, oh, well, I meant niece as in like the polite way for a hooker who fucks him. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay. Um, so Sydney, she's basically sniffing around for that money. And even he is like, I hope you're not just after his money. And she's like, how much money are we talking? Because I guess, I guess that's what we missed from the, the Kimberly um, scene. With with uh, Michael and Peter and and her, where Peter accused them of being um, not not professional, and they accused him back of not being professional with Jack. And then I guess there was some sort of money talk there, which raised Sydney's mm-hmm. eyebrows. Mm-hmm. We are back at D and D, where Brooke in her corner office calls. Allison into because she would like a progress report on her father's account. <laughs> and um, this is just a sham. She wants Allison to come in. She wants to get the dirt. And she's like, well, how do you like living at my house? And I don't know why Allison like even goes into this. If like usually she's been very cold, very like, oh, that's none of your business. I'm here to talk about work. But instead she's like, Oh, it's very crazy. There's so big. There's so many rooms. I just feel like I get lost all the time when I'm there. And your dad has this locked room by your wine cellar. And he told me I'm not allowed to go in it. And then immediately, Brooke like pulls out this massive key ring, like a janitor's. And she's like, here, take this huge fucking key and try this one. That was my mother's room. Here's the key. Why don't you go see for yourself why you could never compete with her? (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know. Allison's like, great idea. I'll go check it out. And then later, like, what in there would have, like, been like, oh, yeah, you're (laughs) right. Can't compete with this. (laughs) We'll get to it. (laughs) Uh, But first... Let's go over to Jake stopping by Hart Mancini. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mancini Hart. Jake Jake stops by and he's like, is Joe around? Oh, that's right. And Richard, for whatever reason, is like in the reception area. And he's like, "Uh, she's busy, pal. What can I do for you? Sorry, Jake. Just busy. (laughs) What if she's in the dark room right now? She can't (laughs) hang. All right. (laughs) What if you came to my work and you're like, hey, is Dan around? And they were like, he's busy. Well, it depends on why I was visiting you. If it was an emergency, I'd be like, "Um, I don't care. I know where his office is. Get out of my way. (laughs) Well, Jake basically does that same thing. He he persists. Uh, The phone rings and takes Richard's attention. And Jake's like an asshole about it. He's He's like, like, yeah, you want to go get that, buddy? Guess you better get that. So no one can block me anymore. And then he like bursts into a fucking dark room. And like, I'm no photographer, but even I know the rules of the dark room. Mm-hmm. You don't open it if the light is on. 
That's true. You could ruin all of the film. Well, that is addressed. Joe is like, well, thank goodness I've already done this, whatever process it is, where if light hits it, it's not a big deal. Right. <laughs> it's like a an actual photographer progress process that I don't remember. Sorry. Cool. But <laughs> Jake, basically, he wants to tell Joe that he started a dance night at I'm gonna Shooters. I'm going to start a dance night at Shooters on Tuesday and Thursday, though. I want you to come. Hey, Frostburg State University, best nights at Repub were Tuesdays and Thursdays. I ain't gonna, I won't um, argue with that. Dime drafts and two for one. <laughs> Thursdays. <laughs> Yo, our our college was so broke. Shout out to Frostburg. Yeah. There was a night at Frostburg on Tuesday nights. It's called Dime Drafts. You literally, it's about a Dixie size cup. It was eight ounces, it was like seven ounces. Yeah. For 10 cents? Dimes. People brought like Ziploc sandwich bags I full mean, of dimes. I mean, if you had $2.60, <clears throat> you could get tore up. So you show up. And we What did, did I go to? Like 6 to 9? I or don't like, even or, remember. I maybe babe. went from 9 to 10. I don't even remember. But you go there, you plop it down, you drop your sack of nickels and dimes and pennies. <laughs> And you just float them over. The poor bartenders there, like, and this shot of penny is for you. <laughs> it's so terrible. And the only the, the only beer you were restricted to was Milwaukee's best, the Beast. You know, in college, it like didn't even matter though. But then Thursday, it was dime drafts, and then once dime drafts ended, it was two, two for, for one. Once. Yeah. <laughs> so you'd get a mixed drink. Same size Dixie cup, but two of them. Yep. Holla at your boy. That place got shut down because of fire. <laughs> it didn't have a an evacuation plan yeah. if the building caught on fire. And unfortunately, in Frostburg, fires That's were a news. thing. It like ex- fires happened a lot. People exactly, died in fires. Wasn't exactly up to code. No, it wasn't. Oh. Old uh, the Diamond Lounge, <laughs> a repub. <laughs> that's what we would call it. So Jake is trying to emulate Frostburg State University, and Joe, of course, has to work. She can't go to dance night. And Jake's like, "Well, I think Richard's fucking after you." And she's like, "Hey, you know what, Jake?" I can't make it to dance tonight. <laughs> She's I'll like, see if I can. I'll see if I can. I don't think he's after me. It's a professional trip. You need to start being je- stop being jealous. But you know, they're still kind of on good terms. They're still like jokey and nice. But it is true they're growing further apart and they're not spending any time together. But I'm like, guys, you live at the same place. Why aren't you spending nights together? Yeah, I don't get it. Like. You got to go to sleep. Like, they're, I, they're going Dan, slow. sometimes I feel like like I only see you at night. Like, okay, Dan's not getting home till 10 tonight, and then he's got to wake up and go to work the next day. Yeah. But I still get to talk to you for like 15, 20 minutes before you he, go to bed. He, Jake could yell from his apartment, and Joe would hear it. I know. But I just had a revelation about why Jake hates this Hawaii thing. Why? Because... The last time he went to Hawaii, he had to fly immediately back. He didn't even get there. <laughs> he didn't even well, I guess he did because they couldn't yeah. turn around in the air. Um, remember, guys, he went with Amanda, and then Amanda got a phone call that Allison was like gunning for her job. So she's like, we're going back. <laughs> <laughs> and Jake's like, what the fuck, man? Why would you do that to me? 
<laughs> so next scene, we're with Kimberly. She's chilling at Peter's house. And of course, the Joyce Brothers show on 24, 24-7. She's just got a radio station just playing her stuff all the time. She's listening to the show. Right. And as she's listening to the show, she simultaneously gets a phone call from the show. And guess what? It's not like a producer or someone calling on behalf of the show. It's Joyce Brothers it's, herself. It's doc, you're discrediting. It's Dr. Joyce Brothers. <laughs> My apologies. DJ B has called Kimberly. And guess what? Not only is Kimberly like their most famous caller ever, they want her to be... The host of the show. A co-host, and A co-host They of want the her show. to sit side by side. They think she is qualified to hear other people's issues and weigh in. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, like the answer, the female answer to Loveline. Yeah. And Joyce Brothers, Dr. Joyce Brothers is like, come on down to the station and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. And she's like, tomorrow? And as she looks at her monitoring device around her wrist, and she's like, oh, no, I'm only allowed to go to Peter's office in the mental institution. What do I do? And anywhere else that Peter wants me to go. And then I'm like, okay, why is this such a big deal? Because remember when Peter got a judge to allow her to go back to the scene of the crime and be around everyone she tried to murder? That was okay. But she can't even ask Peter to be, go to a radio station, which she could probably say, Oh, it's for, I'm going there because Dr. Joyce brothers is going to counsel me. Yeah. Like I think you can get work release to be a radio host. That's fine. It sounds fishy to me. But anyways, this is uh, certainly a conundrum for uh, Kimberly that she's going to have to work out. Now we go to probably one of the best scenes of the episode. (laughs) Allison, the, what do you call it? Like, curiosity done killed the cat. Curiosity killed the cat. If you want to make eggs, you got to break some eggs. (laughs) So, so Allison decides that she's going to check out what's behind this locked door in the room that Haley made it very clear. You never go in there now. And by no means does Allison think that this could possibly be some sort of setup by Brooke. And then it's just kind of like, okay, Allison, if you're going to go through this room, number one, why do it when Haley's home? Number two, why leave the door wide open while you're doing it? These things just don't make sense. She unlocks the door. She walks in and... It's a smorgasbord. It's kind of like a shrine. We have framed pictures of Brooke's mother. We have... It's not a room that anyone would like spend time in. No, it's just like figurines. A lot of like porcelain dolls where I'm like, she's in her element here. A lot of uh, fancy glass perfume bottles. We know Allison has an extensive collection of dolls. Mm -hmm. Extensive. So I feel like, wow, me and Laurel, like me and and the mom have some stuff in common. Like, I have this doll too. 
She's right. looking around. She opens a wardrobe. There's clothes hanging. And then she's in there maybe 15 seconds. And Haley comes in and he's irate. He's like, I thought I told you not to come in this room. And then he's like, so you've seen it. You've seen her. Why are you here? You want to see what she looks like as he picks up an 8x10 photo of her framed, throws it on the ground, and, and we hear it. glass smashing. You want to see her clothes? Maybe that she wore this? He then takes her wedding dress and throws it on the ground. And then in Allison's hand is a perfume bottle. And he's like, you want to learn her scent? And he takes it and throws that on the ground and breaks it as well. And he's like, why are you here? You want to be, you want to find everything. You want to become her. And she's like, no, Haley, I wanted to learn about you. He's like, I'm not looking for her. I'm looking for you. And she it's like those drug up. commercials. I know. You, Dad. Like, Where did you get this? You learned Tommy, Dad. I got it from you. <laughs> so she storms out. He's upset. She's upset. Everybody's mad. Now we go to shooters. And guys, finally took us three seasons, but we finally got a themed Halloween episode. But it is it, though. Yes. It's light. Absolutely. It's light. No way. Okay. As someone who loves Halloween as much as I do, and Dan, you know, it's my favorite holiday in the entire world. Shooters is decked out in Halloween. They are, but where's the costumes? Where's the candy? Amanda is wearing a witch hat. (laughs) She is. But don't you think that, that, I don't know. I remember in my 20s, anytime Halloween came around, I'm like, oh, I'm going all out. Right, but you they're too. Still getting fucked up. Yeah, we would get all dressed up and go out to bars, and There's, everyone would. All the decorations are like from, from like Party City, from the ninety nine cent store. <laughs> it's like paper. What are those things that are like on the the little washers, the fasteners that you get at elementary school that like make limbs move? What? It's like a brass like. It looks like a pin, and then you fold the back. Oh, yeah. And then that makes the joint oh. like, move. It's like the skeletons. No, I go. I wish people could see what you were doing right now. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, that sort of shit is all over shooters. Dance night's going great. Um, yeah. The place is bumping, dancing everywhere. Billy's boozing. Brooke's boozing. Michael's there. Sydney has to pay a cover to get in. Um, Shelly looks Flawless. Shelly looks so good. So good. She walked up. The only the only note I have is what the fuck is going on with that choker? <laughs> yeah. That looks like a torture device. That looks like um, Little Mermaid Ariel's voice. It, re- <laughs> <laughs> it really does. Uh, it's like it's very strange and it does not go with that outfit at all. Nope. She was just like, fuck it, I'm wearing this. <laughs> I'm wearing this. It is huge... dance night. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. I had this thing for two years. It is dance night and I am wearing it. You ever have those you ever have those shit in your closet where you're like, yeah, like I got nothing for this, but I gotta do yeah, it. Yeah, gotta do it. I gotta wear this tonight. <laughs> Need it. Well, she looks gorgeous and she's like, 
Jake, it's going so well. Uh, You're such a genius. I knew that you would do it. We make a really good team. And he's like, oh, yeah. Have you heard from Joe? Oh, (laughs) I forgot to tell you. Yeah, Joe called and she said something like, Jane isn't going to Hawaii anymore. And she's got to, she's just got to, oh, sorry. She doesn't say Jane isn't going to Hawaii anymore. Sorry. Um, Hold on. She goes. Something about she couldn't make it tonight, um, but have fun anyway. And he's like, okay, great. This is just fucking great. <laughs> now, Brooke comes over to Billy. To They're sitting separately, but they're at the same like bar, which I find strange cause because one, they're married. <laughs> Billy is fuming. He wants some space. Yeah. So he's trying to like show Brooke that like, I'm so mad at you. She's like, can I buy you a drink? And Brooke wants to apologize if Billy also apologizes for storming out. And that is a, if she asked that um, of me, that's a I'll hard no. I'll apologize to you for totally lying about, like, not telling you that I'm trying to get pregnant and creating a new life on this planet. But then you have to apologize for me for leaving this morning. Like, Dude, fuck you. Everything that I did is because of the bullshit you did. So I'm not apologizing for my reactions. So she makes a promise that she will promise to use her diaphragm unless they both are in agreement and they talk about it before. And Billy's like, okay, I'll get you a drink now. He's like, this better be the last time you pull a stunt like that. <laughs> <laughs> now, also at the bar is Matt, which I don't know why he's there. He's only drinking coffee and it seems as though he's been up studying. Is he? And I, I wrote down, is he studying at dance night? Like, why is he, he there? Is. I think he's <laughs> why, in the back. Why is he there? And Sydney and Michael are palling around together and they're like, oh, Matt, you look like hell. What are you doing? You need to lay off that coffee, man. And Michael's pissed he lost chief of staff. Oh, that's true. So we find out that the chief of staff position has been filled, mm-hmm. um, which I thought that he was going to get it, but it's nope. more realistic that he doesn't. Yeah, he probably shouldn't get it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's in that hospital's best interest <laughs> that Michael is not in a position for management. <laughs> and then we cut over to Amanda sitting on the bar. Hammered. Wearing the witch hat, like you said. She's got on a um, see-through blouse with butterflies all over it. She's so smashed. And then party pooper Peter rolls up. He's like, Amanda, stop drinking. I'm going to take you home now. It's like, let her have a good time. She's not hurting anybody. Fuck away from me, wacko. Like, you tried to kill me. So Jack takes her home, but she, like, likes it. He puts her over his shoulder and walks her out. Like, this is some me too shit. And it's even more later. (laughs) So let's go to Haley's. Allison has had it. She's leaving. She has packed up her one bag. And she's storming out. She's going back home. Luckily, she didn't move out of Melrose Place. Yeah. What's up with that? Anytime she moves somewhere, she keeps residence at Melrose. She knows. She needs a backup. And so Haley catches her on the stairs, and he's like, wait, Allison, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm sorry. This isn't what I thought it was going to be. I need to go home now. Like, this isn't working. All relationships I've ever had have been ruined by secrets. 
And then he launches into this explanation and I didn't get, is his ex-wife's or I don't even know if it was, it was his wife. Sorry. Laura or Laurel. I don't, I think it's Laurel. I think it's like Yanni Laurel. And his name's Haley. <laughs> Haley. Laurel. <laughs> He's Haley Laurel. <laughs> Babe, it's Yanni. Yanni. Or Yanni. Haley. <laughs> Laurel. Haley Laurel. <laughs> Remember that? Remember that, guys? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, Haley, he, he, he goes into this explanation. He's like, well, I only married her. <laughs> I only married her because she was pregnant and rich. Guys, everyone's <laughs> past relationship at in Melrose Place has is terrible. Yeah. Like all of them. And then he's like, and then she flaunted her affairs in my face. And that's like all the information we get. The marriage was loveless and she was rich. (laughs) That's all we get. And then it's like, did she die? Did you get divorced? Where is she now? How long ago did you guys get divorced? It's Kimberly's mom. I mean, it's so weird. Be somebody cool. It's Rhonda. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's the nurse <laughs> it's vicky okay <clears throat> um so the marriage was loveless Haley pledges his love again for allison and then and he's like brooke just gave you that key to set you up she wanted to cause a fight and she succeeded ugh. but you know what allison i love you you love me let's give this another shot i've i've loved and he says some shit like i love you more than i've ever loved anybody else in my entire life and it's like you've been dating her for like 11 days yeah and she orders terrible pizza, bro. Bad move. Dude, they are so gross together. <laughs> I can't. I can't. It like They really are. Remember how much we used to see like Michael's nipples in bed with Jane, like in season one? Yeah. If we get that with Haley and Allison, I might have to quit this podcast. <laughs> I, I cannot talk about that shit. I don't want to see it. So, if that is in the cards, please let me know before so we can stop. Um, so we're back to Melrose Place. Peter has brought Amanda home because she's drunk. And he's trying to do the right thing. So he takes her to the, her door, gets her in. He's like, okay, have a good night. She's like, no, Peter, you have to put me in bed. Come on. I need help. You need to tuck me in. She's all like, this is not a good idea. So he takes her to the bed and she's like, oh, I fell. Oh, you fell on top of me. Peter, I'm buttoning my shirt. Please. I need help. You need to put me in my pajamas. She's, she really wants him to hit it. And he's like, all right, let's do this. So they start making out and then we cut away. Now, there was a commercial break. Next morning, Peter is in the bed with sleeping Amanda, and he's rubbing a glass of orange juice like on Amanda's body, like trying to get her to. Okay, and you know what bothered me the most about this scene? Hmm. That glass of orange juice had ice in it. (laughs) I don't. I don't know what it is, but the thought of like 
ice in orange juice or in milk. Who's drinking icy OJ? Is that a thing? Yeah. Do you have orange juice with ice? I have. Like I think I did. <laughs> I doesn't bother me. I don't know it would why. definitely bother it, me with milk. It bothered me. I was like, why is ice in there? Am I weird? Mm, no, I don't Probably. think you're weird. It wouldn't bother me. I don't even think it would bother me with milk that much because, like, m- there's like milkshakes and white Russians. And- okay. Anyway, he's like, "Wake up, darling!" And she's appalled to see him in her bed. She's like, "Oh my god, what are you doing here? You totally took advantage of me last but night." This could have gone so wrong. I'm more concerned about that glass of orange juice in the bed. Because I mean, those leopard sheets are so nice. If she, f- if she like. Like pushed him or something that OJ is gonna go everywhere and he's rubbing it on her body. Yeah, and she's like telling him to leave, and then he's like, Amanda, I love you. Really? <laughs> okay, Dan, l- remind me, what happened to his was it her was it his wife before? Remember when he was on to the three weaknesses and they were using Amanda as the pawn and then the other girl comes into play and she was supposed to be like oh, yeah, the attorney. Yeah, yeah. Whit- Whitley from a different world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What happened to her? Um, she got canned. Amanda like switched it on her in a meeting. And she was she was out. She's she, out. She became the president of D and D. Yeah, but then I was just like, what happened to her? Because Amanda like f- like f- flipped a script on her. Okay. Yeah. So Amanda kicks out Peter. He leaves. Yeah, and he's like, you need to figure out what you want, Amanda. I'm like, yo, you fucking raped her. You just date raped her. Like you brought her home. She was hammered drunk. And then you hit it. And then she wakes up. She doesn't remember. And he's like, figure out what you want. Yo, you figure out not how to not have sex with people that are like super blacked out. How is he supposed to know if she's blacked out or not? Are you kidding? He knew she was drunk as shit at the bar. That was, that's enough. That's bad news. He should have left. I think it's, it's that's rape. Really? Yes. Even when she was like, unbutton my shirt, I want you to do this now? Yeah. He knew he knew she was so hammered. And he knows that she's always like, go away. <laughs> this entire season <laughs> she's been like, go away. Well look, I'm what the really, fuck are you doing? Here, I'm Peter? really glad that you have that reaction to that. Remember the party? The yeah. we survived the blast? Yeah. Peter <laughs> the showed up five? and he's like, yes. What the fuck are you guys doing here? And then the next time she sees him, she's like, Take me home and bang me. Of course she's she's like blacked out. And he's like, figure out what you want. You brought her home because she was so drunk. Yeah, he shouldn't. Have, why did he take it upon himself to bring her home? Like, why does he yeah, have to decide that she's too drunk? Your doctor. And like, they're not you even cool. Up. They're not even cool like that. Like, why would he be like, you're too drunk. I'm going to do you a favor and take you he's home. Like, such a piece of shit. Remember, he was giving her like marijuana pills. Remember <laughs> that? He prescribed her weed. <laughs> to like fuck her That's what it was So she would fail her drug test Oh that's what it was Yeah, yeah he is such an asshole <laughs> Like of course she doesn't like you 
And he's like, well, I thought we were cool. What do you mean, dude? What do you okay, mean? Okay, you are really pleading a case for him. Yeah. He should have been my bitch of the week. He that. really should. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> he sucks. Okay, guys. So now we're back with Kimberly at P- at Peter's house. Oh, she lives her solitary life there. And she's got a problem. She can't be a co-host of a radio show from home. She's got to go to the studio. Kimberly needs way more supervision. <laughs> so- <laughs> like She can get into so much. Her solution. <laughs> she's puts her hand in a bowl of ice and then she takes like a waffle iron or or a panini maker or something. She puts her hand in the middle of it, takes a swig of brandy or whatever the hell she's drinking. And she slams the waffle maker down on her hand. She has like hardly a reaction. She's like, here's the, here's the issue I have with this. Um, the entire scene. Um, there's no, there's like no progression of like steps like this seems like step five if like steps four three two and one didn't work what do you mean like i want to see like step one put like vaseline on the brace and try to get it off oh like different tactics yeah step two oh maybe like you know just try to pull it off put it under running water yeah Try to hit it off with a brick or something. Yeah. This is like DEFCOM 4. <laughs> Cut your, off your hand. Yeah. This is next to like chew off your It's limb. like saw. <laughs> yeah. And then the other issue I have with this is um, she was asked to be the host of this radio station she just started calling mm-hmm. yesterday. And... She wants to be the host of this radio station so bad that she's willing to break her hand off. <laughs> yep. <laughs> to pry off the um Yep, that's that is correct. <laughs> to pry off the uh the the device, the tracker. So, and then so this tracker doesn't work like trackers now because like it could tell now it knows if you Yeah, t- if you take that shit off. Okay, I know someone close to me, I won't say who. Um It ain't me. It is not Dan. Uh they had one of these trackers on their ankle and what they used to do was wrap bacon around it. <laughs> <laughs> and this one this one was was one they could actually like Sense the alcohol level in your body. I don't know how it works, but like if this person drank alcohol, it would make the thing go off. So, so she they try to put they would bacon wrap it, it around with bacon, and then everyone just called her the baconator. What? <laughs> 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 it would be like. Did she, it work? I think it worked. So you slide meat. Under I it. don't remember. Like so I, it's reading the. Meat. I don't remember. All I remember is she was forever known as the Baconator. <laughs> What's up, Baconator? <laughs> Smells like bacon over here. <laughs> but yeah. So, but this device works with if it is just in the room it's in, you're good. I guess so. Like if it's where you need to be, it's like the. They never thought that someone would be so crazy to try to break their own hand and take it off. And does she think that Peter would not allow this? 
Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. All she had to do is say, Peter, I was asked <gasps> to be on Joyce Brothers. I'm sorry. Dr. Joyce Brothers show. Um, Can you get a special like allowance to allow me to go there? She worked six years to become a doctor. Why wouldn't that be number one? That would be step one. Going back to you. (laughs) Then try butter. Then Vaseline. (laughs) Then bacon. Yeah. Not just break the hand off in a freaking George Foreman grill. (laughs) (laughs) What was that? It really was like a George Foreman girl. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, she she's got no no emotion when it happens, and she's just like, "Yes, yeah, success." <laughs> she's free. She's out. Okay, we're back at Hartman Cine Designs, and Richard is pissed because he found an invoice for a local photographer in Hawaii, and he is getting the feeling that Jane is trying to edge out Joe from going on this trip. And then Jane is like, we need a photographer. And then he's like, a photographer needs to know our line. And Joe knows that. And then Jane has the audacity to say, you're using the company to finance a fling. And it's like, Dude, Jane, that's exactly what you're doing. Yeah, that's what you're Your little plan is just backfiring on you. So uh, they get in this fight. He's like, look, Joe's going. I'll see you there or whatever. And then Richard immediately gets on the phone to some dude named Alan. I have no idea like what this is about. He's like, yo, Alan. Like, Jane owns Richard Hart. She She's part owner of that company, No. Oh, of Hart Mancini? Yes. Yeah. She owns half of it. So she go he whoever this dude Alan is Who the fuck is Alan? Like, you need to call Jane and say she is needed in New York now and she needs to leave tonight. There was some foreshadowing about this when Jake came to see Joe. Mm-hmm. The angry person on the call was someone in New York. Uh so I think like they tried to establish that like Something in New York, people are mad with Hart Mancini designs. Mm. So they need a rep to go out there to smooth it over. Get out there. So he, so he wants Jane on a plane ASAP, ASAP to New York. Next up, Kimberly makes her way over to the studio to become her new glamorous life as radio co-host. She has her wrist all wrapped up in an ace bandage. And Joyce is like, oh, doc, the doctor. Doctor Joyce. I'm sorry. She spent years at school to become a doctor. The least and you could do real. is say And she's a real doctor. And she's like, <clears throat> oh, so what, what do you do for work? Are you a homemaker? And Kimberly is like, I've done a lot of things in my day. I do have a, a bit of um, psychological. How, I don't know. I forget how he, she put it. Like mental psychological training. Or she's s- like, bitch, I'm crazy. <laughs> but she tries to like say it in a way that's like, but I'm on the other side of it. And Dr. Joyce is like, I could tell that from our conversations. This is going to be a great partnership. Yeah. So after 13 seconds of introductions. Dr. Joyce Brothers is ready to turn the station over. Yep. Word. Here you go. Here's the keys. That's it. Now we go back to Wilshire Memorial. Um, Jack is doing 
so much better. Dan's favorite nurse is telling Amanda that what she's been doing is incredible. Her whispering those words of encouragement into Jack's ears have really been making him respond, and she thinks he's going to wake up. Nurse Kelly, Jan Hogue, she is known for her roles in Shameless. Great show. One of my favorites. Scream Queens. Amazing show, too. Faster. Christmas with the Cranks. Love it. And Wild. Okay, well, she's awesome. She's killing it. So you need to apologize to her. Jan, I apologize. Thank you. Now, Jake and Jane, they have an exchange in passing at Melrose Place. Um, Jake's like, hey, what's up? Aren't you going to Hawaii? And she's like, no, I'm not going to Hawaii. Didn't Joe tell you I'm going to New York? So now just Joe and Richard are going to Hawaii by themselves. And Jake's like, what? I can't believe she lied to me. And Jane has the line of the episode. Welcome to the Friends of Joe Club. Any damn fool can join. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. If you're a fool, you're a friend of Joe's. Any damn fool can join. So he kind of like tries to make his way to go up to talk to her about it and then decides, nope, I'm walking away from this situation. And then boom, we get hit with a sea of trick-or-treaters because this is a Halloween-themed episode. Yay! Jake, of course, he hates money so much. That instead of giving the kids candy... He doesn't have candy because he's so ill-prepared. He's like, quick, take all this money out of my wallet now. He gives every kid a dollar bill. And the trick-or-treaters don't even like it. <laughs> I'd be a little, If I was a kid and someone was giving me money, yeah. I'd be like, yeah! Like, oh, I love this house. <laughs> yeah. This house is the best. Yeah, yeah totally. Like, you talk about it later. Yeah. Just like kids today are like... That house gave out full-size candy oh, bars. Oh, gosh. The lore of the full-size candy bars. And you know what, Dan? When I was a kid, I would promise myself, I was like, one day, I'm going to be the house that gives the full-size candy bars. And now that I'm old, I'm like, I will never do that. I think the candy is like 25 bucks. Yeah, you want to give them full For the fun size. Shit's crazy. Now there's all these rules, guys. Like if you have a teal pumpkin... At your door, that means that you have vegan no. candy. <laughs> no. What does that, that mean? That means you have things other than candy for kids that have allergies that can't have candy. For the If you have a teal. If you have teal, so you have like stickers or pencils or like coloring books or... Boo. Dan, there are plenty <laughs> of kids out there that may not be able to enjoy the candy, so it's something for them. Too many rules. Way too many rules now. Should be a candy That's like one rule that No What other you know, rules You know in three years it's gonna be like If you have a pink pumpkin That means that there's no bacon products in your home If you have a blue pumpkin out front That means that you have a dog who bites And you should be a little bit away And then you're gonna have to go to trick or treating With a fucking list Of like all the different pumpkins trick or treating is not going to be a thing in 10 years So Oh right Because everyone's going to get murdered Everyone's going to be like It's not safe for our kids It promotes begging culture (laughs) (laughs) Oh god What is happening 
It promotes begging culture. It teaches kids that strangers are cool and have candy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Halloween. that's what it's about, <laughs> idiots. Okay, anyway. That's all right. We love Halloween. We guys. love Halloween. It's our favorite. I go trick-or-treating still. Thank God we have Moxie yeah. that we can hide behind her, and then we just eat all of our candy. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so the kids, they get the dollars, and they're like, hey, come on, sir, don't you have candy? And then Jake, he says, no. <laughs> and then he runs into his house. <laughs> I never seen him be such a little punk. That was really good. No. <laughs> uh, I love this Halloween theme. So now Peter, we're at Peter and Michael's Mid-Wilshire Professional Building. Uh, doctors at Law. Yeah. Mancini Burns, Doctors of Law. And Amanda bursts in and she's like, I need to talk to Peter now. So she goes into his office and Sydney is at the receptionist desk and she's (laughs) ready to go. Sweet. I'm recording (laughs) all this shit. She's got her (laughs) wiretap. She, like, that phone system is so prolific. She can listen into anything, record anything. She's like, and like she's got and, it on the uh, ready. She's like a godlike presence. Yeah. She is walking wiretap. Um, so she starts recording the whole thing. The conversation involves Jack's waking up. Why is he waking up? If he wakes up, what happens? So and she gets all the details. Amanda does make a thread that says, if that man wakes up, I'm going to kill him. Right. And they talk they talk about covering it up. Mm-hmm. Like, remember how they Peter rolled up to the house and was like, Amanda, just beat it. Leave. Don't worry about <laughs> yep. this. That's illegal, I think. And so many things. So Sydney's got the goodies on tape. Okay, so next up, we are at D&D, and Brooke needs to talk to Billy privately at work. God damn it. Why would you do this at work? <sighs> And I she's like, Billy, I need to, to talk to you. I've co- I think she says something like, I've come down with something. And he's like, what? Just a slight case of pregnancy. And Billy's like, he doesn't believe it. And he's like, I just, I can't. I don't believe um, it. You can't be pregnant. We talked about how you were going to start using your diaphragm. And then um, we were going to talk about it. And then before we got pregnant. But you're pregnant now? Are you saying you don't want this child? Now, toward the end of the conversation, he does turn around and he's like, a baby. I'm going to have a baby. And then he's like happy about it. Billy should not have a baby. <laughs> Billy, Billy shouldn't own a hamster. Okay? <laughs> Billy shouldn't have a plant. That guy can't take care of his hair. It's this is all bad. There's not a good thing about and Brooke, she has fucking issues like crazy. She will be the worst mom. <laughs> well like no we'll never live to see it, so Yeah. <laughs> no babies allowed yeah. in Melrose Place. No babies allowed. Okay, so Matt is at Wilshire Memorial and he's cleaning out his old office because he's now going into Med school. Yeah. And Matt and Michael, they're like talking about like test scores. And Matt's like, I need a, 
a 500 to get in. I don't think I did very well, but I did my best. Michael's being like extra nice to Matt. And um, Matt's like, I'm dying to see my test scores. I just really want to get them. And um, so Michael is just like, cool, I'm going to go check it out. So he goes into administration records and he lifts a password in about five seconds. He just gets on the phone. He's like, yeah, what's up, guys? I uh, Uh, need a password. Forgot my password. So uh, what is it? And (laughs) they're like... Okay, sure. Yep, it's a cranium, capital C. <laughs> no one will guess that. He gets in, immediately immediately gets access to the test scores, finds Matt's name, and guess what? Matt got a 498, guys. 498. Not enough to pass. So Michael, benevolent Michael, changes it to 502. I don't get this. Like what's 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 it's tit uh, for tat, Dan. But why change it and him not have him not know that you changed it? You know? Because how, Matt, how can you prove you changed Matt it? Matt is too good. He's too good a person to be to probably accept it. So mm. he knows that this is best for Matt, so he's doing it because he owes Matt. Is he though? Or is he doing it because he wants to own Matt? Oh, <laughs> Great take. We'll see. So we're back at Melrose Place. Richard is there, and he like he they're on they're like going to Hawaii. So he's like he's Come ready on. to pick up Joe, and Joe's like, "Cool, I'll go get Jane." And he's like, "Oh, Jane's not going." No, it's you and me, Joe. Come on, let's let's roll out. Yeah, Jane got called away to New York, so like we're gonna hang ten in Hawaii together. So Joe- be really cool. <laughs> so Joe is like. She's starting to wise up to to Richard's tricks. And she's like, wait a minute. Jane's not going. I knew Jake was right. You just want to get me into bed. You just want to take me on this trip together. I mean, I need a photographer who knows our line, but I'll admit, I wouldn't have objected to a little romance. Oh, God. Yuck. Yuck. He's so foul. Yeah, and she's not having it. And she's like, I'm not going to Hawaii. And I, I presumably he leaves. He's like, well, I guess he's well, not going either. <laughs> guess I'm going away by myself. Um, so we go back to Michael and Peter's doctors at law, and Sydney tells Michael, "Hey, I recorded this conversation. That's juicy as shit." And. What's his name? Jack is like a billionaire. We could at least extort someone for some money. Like we got the goods. We just need to like, like get Peter and, and Amanda to give us money for it. Michael's like, Sydney, you are in like way over your head here. Relax. Jack's a murderer. I've already done stuff. Like I could be implemented too. like, put the forget tape about away. it. Yeah. Put the tape away. Now, Jake realizes that Joe, he well, he thinks that Joe and Richard are like in cahoots to like hook up in Hawaii. So he immediately is like, all bets are off. Where's Shelly? Shelly is on the laptop computer again. Mm-hmm. And Jake is He's coming like, on to her hard. They like, come here, boo. She's like, wait. Hold what on. about Joe? I thought that you were with her. What's going on? And he's like, oh, I don't care about Joe anymore. It's all about you. 
And she's like, you're drunk. Why don't I take you home? He's like, yeah, take me home. And then they start making out on Jake's desk and they do this crazy move where like they're laying on the desk. He is on top of Mm Shelly. And then at that moment, Joe walks in and then Shelly just like drops her head down and looks at Joe upside down. And Jake is looking up like, Oh, what's up, Joe? Like Uh, neither of them are like, Oh gosh. Like they don't even get up from their position. They're like, Hey, hi. Joe's like the real Jake. And then Jake looks at her and he's like, have a nice trip. And she leaves and he's like, now where were we, Shelly? No. Goes right back at it. No remorse whatsoever. They are getting after it. And Jake not only is getting back at Joe, he's getting back at Jess. Oh. What's up? Double pronged. Okay. So last scene of the episode Amanda again is at Jack's bedside and she, there's a shot where all of his like machines are plugged into the wall and she starts reaching for the plug knowing all she has to do is just unplug this and that'll end his life. But it's always like, if you unplug it, like it's very obvious that you tried to murder somebody. So why would she do that? Um, She, she doesn't do it. She's able to fight off that urge. And, but as she like makes the choice not to unplug him, he starts waking up. Now he's all intubated yet. He can like just start talking. Like I've heard stories of people that have had tubes in their mouths and everything that like you, even when it's taken out, it's very difficult to talk or like do anything after that. But Dan, you brought this up. Coming out of a coma of several days, <laughs> he's very strong. Oh, dude. Yeah, he's got the strength of So he of starts a gorilla. he starts talking to Amanda and he's like, Amanda, I'm so sorry for what I've put you through. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna go back to Miami. I'm gonna let you live your life. And he's reaching out to her hand and she's like reaching back to him, like, okay. And then as soon as he makes contact with her, he grabs her and pulls her close to him and he's like, I'm gonna kill you. He tries to kill her and then Amanda up and slaps him in the face. And then he dies. And then he dies. <laughs> he dies immediately. And then, oh, who is conveniently standing in the doorway watching all this transpire? Sydney, of oh, all people. The walking wiretap. She's right there. And she's like, whoa, what what just happened, Amanda? Uh, um, <laughs> she says, wow. Why, Amanda? That That's no, no way, way to, to treat, treat your, your husband. husband. And then we get the credits. <laughs> what an episode. Whoa. We got we got love, we got breakups, we got death, we got we got rooms you can't get into. We, we got, got it all. We got pregnancies. We got it all. Yeah, this was chock full. So let's recap. Haley has a secret shine to Brooke's mom in his house. <laughs> Brooke is knocked up with Billy's baby. Jake starts a dance night at Shooters. Oh, my God. (laughs) Joe is tagging along to Hawaii with Jane and Richard. Kimberly breaks her hand to be a co-host on Dr. (laughs) Joyce Brothers show. Michael changes Matt's test results. Peter and Amanda hook up. Date rape. 
Um, that's all I have. Joe refuses to go to Hawaii. Jake bangs Shelly. Yeah. And then Jack dies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Death to Jack. After Not- threatening Amanda one last time. Right. Um, you got any 90s moments? Uh, yeah. Law- the lawyer's large rimmed glasses, like those huge ass circular glasses. Yep. Big 90s. Being allowed to just hang out at the doctor's for 24 hours. It's got to be a thing. Yeah. Looking at dresses in magazines and being like, what dress do I want in this magazine? Um, shooters having like a dance night and introducing a cover like as as like some like revelation. Like that's really mm. a great idea. Charge people to come inside. <gasps> it's genius. Billy tending. <laughs> I can't talk right now. Billy telling Allison to send him a memo. Mm. Diaphragms. Again. <laughs> um, that <laughs> Shelly's aerial choker. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Allison was sporting that, uh, that luggage again. Matt's denim shirt tied around his waist. His shitty 90s pizza. Amanda's leopard print sheets and the handheld recorder that Ooh. that uh, Dr. Peter Burns was using. That's good. Um, Dan, what lesson did you take away from this episode? My lesson here is if you're in a coma and you come out of it, don't leap right into attempted murder activities. Give it a little. Rest up. Get released from the hospital, build up your strength, and then pick your moment. But mm. if you go right into it, you know, you're probably going to get arrested or die. die. <laughs> um, mine is very similar, but it's the flip side of that. Stay away from your dying abuser's bedside. Like, yeah. Why are you there, Amanda? <laughs> why do you give a shit? Like, why are you there for real? That's good. And now it's time for Bitch of the Week. I'm a boss ass bitch, 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 bitch. I'm a boss ass bitch. All right, guys. Last week, Jenny said that Jack was the bitch of the week. And I said that Jake was the bitch of the week. And with a landslide of 18 to 2, Jack Parisi was the bitch of the week. Congratulations, Jenny. Why, thank you. So let's read your comments. So Donald says, Well, although I don't particularly like Jake and Joe's relationship, I haven't throughout the various seasons, and now it's even more annoying in season four. I'm going to have to go with Jack this week. And if anyone's wondering the reason why I said that I don't like Joe and Jake together is because of the fact that it's annoying they get together and they do something to screw it up with other people, and then they get back together and screw it up again. And if they're going to be together, then let them be together. If they're not, then not. It's got to go. It's gotten boring. But of course, I voted for Jack. I mean, he is a total bitch of this episode. 
He beat her up to the point where she basically had to fake her own death to get away from him. And then he comes back to town acting like he wanted to move on because he had a fiance. But it was all a lie just so he could kidnap her and make her be his wife again. I absolutely hated this character. And I do hope he dies in the next episode. Anyways, great episode as always, guys. Can't wait for the next one. Tara says, although Amanda is a bitch at times... No one deserves to be treated like Amanda was by Jack. He is a total sicko and deserves what he had coming to him. Vote goes to Jack. Jamie says Jack is the bitch of this week. Even when he's near death, he still feels the need to tell Amanda that she is his and threaten her life. He is just going to he is just asking for her to pull the plug on him. At least pretend to have change of heart, you hot dummy, so your <laughs> wife is less likely to ensure your death. <laughs> Sherry says, "I am going with Jenny's decision this week. Jack Parisi is bitch of the week for sure. The way he threatens poor Amanda in the hospital by telling her that he is going to kill her was one hell of a bitch move. That's a, that is so messed up. So I agree with you, Jenny. Jack wins hands down for bitch of the week for sure. And by the way, Dan and Jenny, the original name of the song heard at the beginning of this episode was fumbling towards ecstasy. Uh, the song is sun, sung by no other than Sarah Mc, Mc, McLaughlin. Sarah, McCl- <laughs> Sarah McLaughlin, babe. McLaughlin. <laughs> Whatever. Just a little tidbit. I thought you might want to know. Oh, I want to know. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you. And thank you all for voting every week. So, Jenny, since you won, who is your bitch? Oh, my bitch this week? It's got to go to Haley. Okay, guys, number one. He, the way that he reacts to Allison innocently looking for the wine cellar in his massive mansion. She just hovers around the door that he doesn't want her to go in. And he starts screaming at her like you would like a child. This is supposed to be your partner, your equal. Why? It's so disrespectful to treat her that way. Then after he tried that after that, and he sees Allison in the room. Okay. I get it. He asked out. He no, didn't ask, told her not to go in the room. She goes in anyways. And then he has a complete meltdown. I mean, who is he saving that stuff for? Cause he's destroying it all. He takes the picture frame and he smashes it down, smashes the perfume, even takes her wedding dress and throws it on the ground, still yelling at Allison. And then after all of this, how he tries to win her back and explain the crazy tumultuous relationship that she, he had with Brooke's mom. He's like, Oh, I just married her. Cause she was rich. Okay, that really shows the kind of character of like a person you are. She was pregnant and she was rich, so I went ahead and married her. Really? Uh, I'm sorry, Dan, but if you came to me and you were like, yeah, I only was with that girl because she was rich, I would be like, I don't know if you're the type of person that I want to spend my life with. Uh, So I think that Haley is really building a case for him to be the bitch of this week. If you're with me, guys, get out there and vote. I like it. I like it a lot, but not as much as 
nominating for the second week in a row, Jake Hansen. You really want to get him. That's right, guys. It's International Women's Day, and we've come a long way because this is twice now. Two weeks in a row, we've had two all-male Bitch of the Week nominations. So here it goes. And this could go for <laughs> Shelly, too. Jake goes to Joe's work hella needy, like a fucking bitch. He's like, where is she? Where's Joe? I need to talk to her. Oh, my God. We have to go on our date. Come on, man. Um, then Jake thought his date was w- more important with Joe than a work trip. Bro, come on. More important than Hawaii? Yeah, right, bitch. Yeah, right. He has zero trust in Joe. He's relying on outsider information about his own girlfriend. That's a bitch move. Like, if you can't trust Joe, then you shouldn't be with her from the get-go. But you definitely shouldn't be getting your info about her through other parties. Talk to her. That's bitchy. Now, then he goes to ditch her every second that he feels validated for doing so. Anytime that there's like some sort of wavering of of a commitment, he is back to Shelly. He is back to somebody else. He is accepting a kiss from somebody. He is then going to flirt or he is going to dance. He is so bitchy. I don't know what's more bitchy, parading around your girlfriend's replacement or consciously knowing that you're number two. <laughs> Like, what does Shelly think? She's just fucking hanging in the balance. Like That's true. Whenever you're ready, I'm just here biting my lip. <laughs> like, both of them are little fucking bitches, man. I can't stand it. But Jake especially, bro, you are not more important than Hawaii. I don't care if it's a business trip. Dan, you're more important than Hawaii to me. You're too... <laughs> <laughs> but I hope it never comes to that. Yeah, me too. I would be afraid of your choice. Be like, <laughs> Dan, what's this grass skirt in your bag for? Okay. But Jake Hansen was being a real bitch. And then to top it all off, the bitchiest thing that you can do is be hooking up with a girl on your desk and then looking at your girlfriend and being like, sup, have fun in Hawaii. Like, what more can, what more bitchy can you be? That's, I don't know. You could be Haley, I guess. No, 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 no. <laughs> breaking stuff is one thing. He's breaking hearts. That's a bitch. So this episode was entitled Amanda Unplugged, which I liked. I liked it. Sounded like a concert. Oh, well, I think that was like the the double entendre. Mm. Um, however, Dan, what did you name this this episode? <laughs> I'm renaming this one Slap You Dead. I knew he I thought you were gonna go with the slap. I was at first. You were I I knew it. I like slap you dead. She slapped a man dead. <laughs> like, can we just pause and take a moment? And recognize that Amanda slapped a human being 
death. I think it was really caused by him trying to like work up the strength to murder. I don't know. He had the rising heart. <laughs> like you mentioned it, he had the rising heart rate when he was like wrestling with her. Yeah. But it was really the slap that put it. Yeah, that's like. <laughs> <laughs> fucking slap dead. <laughs> All right, that's Have you good. ever been slapped dead? Uh, obviously not. <laughs> Have you ever seen those videos of the um, slap competitions at the like clubs? I think that you showed me like, some. One, two, three, bow, and they like slap you till you get knocked out. Yeah, I would never want to do that. It's intense. Okay, I rename this one Forbidden Flings. Cool. I like it. <laughs> No, you don't. I love it. Forbidden flames. Okay, some predictions. <laughs> I'm very tired. Uh, my predictions are Jake and Joe are done. Sydney tries to get Jack's inheritance with the tape that she has. I think Michael tries to use Matt's test scores to advance his career. And Brooks got to lose that baby because all the rules are no babies at Melrose Place. Or it's a fake baby. Oh. That's a fake baby. That's better. Yeah. That's better. She's just like ultimate trap game. Yeah. Yeah, that's better. Fake baby. Oh, I wish it is a fake baby. And she like carries it for nine months. And pretends. And she's like a psychopath and it's and really then, like a pillow. And then she <laughs> has to go steal a real baby mm. to keep up the lie. I like it. I like that I like too. It. Daddy, find me a baby. <laughs> uh, I, and I think Jane will somehow take over Hart Mancini designs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Sid is definitely going to blackmail Amanda to try to get money from her. I think Peter and Amanda are going to get back together. I think that Kimberly somehow gets out of this house arrest stuff because she's going to be so successful on this show that she's going to like prove to the court that she's redeemed herself. And they're going to be like, well, you know what? I heard you on the radio and you sounded really put together. Or like the cops will burst into the radio station and Dr. Joyce Brothers will be like, she's cured. (laughs) They're like, oh, sorry, Dr. Joyce. She's cured. Cured. Didn't realize she was under your care. <laughs> uh, I think Je- Shelly and Jake become a couple. I think Joe goes to Hawaii with Richard after all. Mm. I think she her next move is like, what the hell? Come on, Richard, let's go. And then I think Haley is going to be enraged that Brooke is pregnant. Oh, yeah. Maybe a forced abortion. <laughs> I'll give you $10,000 for an abortion. I would, I really love the pretending to be pregnant though. I like that angle a lot. That'd be cool. That would be cool. Well, guys, thank you for listening. And I want to say thanks to all of our patrons. We got a new one, Marlene. Marlene, thank you. Thank you so much for your $3 pledge. We appreciate it so, so much. And that goes for all of our all of our patrons that I will just rattle off right now. Amanda, Kat, Carly, Daniel, Dean, Eileen, Gaspacho, Graham, Julie, Kevin, Kristen, Marlene, Michelle, 
my so-called whatever podcast, Nikki, Rachel, Scott, Shelly, Tara, Tiffany, Viv, Zach. Thank you all so much. You guys man. are killing it. Really, you make us just that little bit of a push really helps us to continue to do what we're doing. Mm -hmm. If you like Mm -hmm. what we're doing and you want to contribute, um, please go to our Patreon page and even a dollar a month, $3 a month. That means a lot to us. Hell of a lot. Thank you guys so much for donating. We appreciate it. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Melrose pod. Um, Get into our Facebook group so you can vote each week. For the bitch of the week. That link is in the show notes. And you can always email us, melrosepod at gmail.com. We love smut. And we love you.